1: The light of God by necessity falls upon the cross, casting a shadow upon his son, that you and I might avoid that shadow. As we'll see next on Truth for Today. By the time you hit chapter 12 of John, the shadow of the cross looms over the face of Christ, but it does so that you and I might avoid that shadow, as we'll see today on Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Welcome to our program. We're continuing our series, The Life Forever in Jesus Christ, The Faith Life, A Look at John, and today we take a look at this shadow of the cross that we see here in chapter 12. Here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
2: This whole, whole thing called Christianity was built upon a bloody man, upon a tree outside of Jerusalem. Who in the world are the disciples to say, I don't want any? He said, if I suffered, you will suffer. But if you don't, you'll die in your bag full of seed and you'll have no crop. Stay self-contained. Stay in the jar of perfume. And it will never change the atmosphere. Some of you are a bunch of self-protected containers. Afraid to be broken and poured out. And our generation is sick of the church that has lost its aroma. It's because we can't get Christ out of the bottle. Well, a voice comes out of heaven. Speaks. And the people don't hear the words. They hear it. And Jesus says glorify your name father. And he says I have already glorified it. And I will glorify it. And I thank you saying. I got glory in your ministry son. And I want to get more glory when you go to the cross. So I've been getting glory out of you. I'll get more at the cross. But then he says. There's three things I plan to accomplish at the cross. Three things. And he says, verse 31, Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. He said, three things will happen in my crossword. Many more things were accomplished. But he wants us to know these three things. Number one, the world will be judged by the cross. Christ said in John 3, I did not come to judge you. Uh, I, that's not my ministry. He'll say it in the rest of chapter 12. I didn't come to judge, but I came to save.' it's this way. You send your boy with a message to your disgruntled neighbor. Let's quit the squabbling and to just stretch the illustration. Your neighbor kills your boy. I think the answer is self evident. I'm not interested. God sends the Son. Son offer him salvation. Tell him you're the Messiah. You're the shepherd. And when we send him back to heaven with five wounds in his body, we gave the answer to God, your best isn't good enough. If that's the best you can do, we're going to treat him like a dirty dog outside the city walls of Jerusalem. We'll crucify him next to the city dump. That's what we think about your best. Every man will go to hell just for the cross. Nothing else. You are going to hell because of the cross. If you reject that love and reject that gift, you will spend eternal damnation in eternity away from God. If God's best wasn't good enough for you, you've been judged. And some of you are here today. You'd rather go to hell than to come to Jesus. And you will go to hell. Because God has nothing better to offer. He's put his offer out, his final offer. I brought Jesus to die in your place. And he's already in agony at the price he will pay. And for you to dare say he's not good enough. And they will say that in chapter 12. We don't want him. We don't want him. Israel has been saying it for 2,000 years. And the nations have joined. What's amazing in the story, one group of people emerge that want to see him in the context. While the Jewish nation is hunting him down to kill him, the Greeks come and say, we want to see you. And the way the gospel developed, while the Jews slammed the door in the face of God, guess what he did? He heard a bunch of Gentiles saying, we've been dogs, we've been without covenant. We've been staggering in darkness for centuries. Giving to us, we'll take what they don't want. And guess what? He has saved millions of Gentiles for these last 2,000 years. Because his son will not die in vain. Second thing he accomplished at the cross, he cast Satan out. He undid him in some way so that the cross did several things to Satan. Hebrews 2 said it destroyed his power to instill fear in the children of God when it comes time to die. He destroyed his power in that arena. He also stripped him. He knows this. He's been sentenced at the cross and the full execution will be executed in Revelation 20 when he's incarcerated in the lake of fire forever. But he's still out on bail. He's still operating. But it's interesting in Revelation 12, when the dragon that's in the heavens is cast down to the earth, which is Satan, and he begins to persecute those that are believers in that time, and especially the nation of Israel. As he's persecuting them, killing them, and tracking them down, there's an interesting thing it says in chapter 12, verse 10 and 11. They overcame the dragon on account of the blood of the lamb. You can overcome the power of hell through the cross of Christ. There's no one here so demonized. No one here has had so many demons in your body or in your marriage or in your life that the cross does not break its power For Christ at the cross broke the back of Satan, and there is no power greater than the blood of the slain Lamb of God. He sets free every kind of sinner. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. We used to sing a song, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. That is so much um, witchcraft. If you don't know what blood stands for, the blood stands for the shed blood of Christ on the cross for our sins. And he said to the woman, when paradise was stripped from the first couple, when pain and death were coming to them, and when they're going to bury a boy in Genesis 4, God snuck in the garden and said, Come here, Eve. Come here. I'm going to give you a boy. And when he comes, he is going to put his foot on the head of the serpent. And he's going to grind his head. The serpent will bite his heel, but he will grind him under his foot. There's one coming. Sojourner Truth went to a convention where she wasn't allowed to speak because she was black. And she was outspoken, abolitionist. And they wouldn't let her speak. And finally, somewhere there's a break in the, the time and she got up, and you weren't allowed to speak. Women didn't even have the vote. She finally got the floor. Sojourner was about 6'2". She was a tall woman, strong, thin, from hard work. She got up and said, I know I'm just a woman. I knows I don't get to vote. I know that I'm black. But when God wanted to do something for the race, He didn't even use a man. He used a woman. He didn't say the seed of a man would crush the serpent's head. He said the seed of the woman. Oh, you women ought to be shouting. She said, if if my body and if my species and my gender was used by God to bring Messiah to crush the serpent, that's good enough for me. Joseph, I don't need your help. I don't need your seed. I know how to make seed. I'm going to borrow her female egg to bring the humanity of Messiah to the world. And he did it. He stripped Satan. Third thing he did, he paid for the sin that would draw all men to him. Because he said, I came to get a harvest. And to get a harvest... I've got to die for the sins of all that will be in my crop. And so he said, I must be lifted up, and I will draw all men. Men from every kindred tribe and tongue will be drawn to my cross work. He was saying this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. Satan, you're defeated. Sin, you've been paid for. For he was lifted up like the serpent in the wilderness. And God cursed him to make me a part of his crop. Everybody that's going to be in his flock and in his home for eternity. He paid and bought when he was lifted up on the cross. Satan was dealt his blow. The world was judged and my sins were judged. So that I have become attracted to a lifted up crucified buried risen coming again Savior that's who I'm following I want to ask you all of that is glorious how are you doing in following him are you following him very well or do you just want heaven you don't want him A lot of people just want heaven. You know, don't ask anybody, do you want to go to heaven? They'd have to be out of their head to say no. But that doesn't mean they want Jesus. Are you willing to follow him? I give two examples. Some of you are still in that container, and you're still that seed that's never been buried. And we look around you, we see no service, and we see no crop. We look around you. There's no aroma of Christ because you're still in, you're safe. Spurgeon said, "Where did the Bible say we're to land in heaven, as well preserved sacrifices?" He said, "I thought we were to the land there, divested of everything that we gave her all." Our family loved to of a, a black preacher named Brown. My dad used to tell this story with tears. That uh, Brother Brown was uh, grew up in the South, called to preach. Oh, this is probably 30s. Could be earlier. But times were hard. Depression's going on. Dust Bowl is happening up in Kansas and Amarillo. And uh, when Brother Brown said he got saved, he said, I was saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and called to preach the same night. So he got it all at once. And he knew times were hard. And he, he felt God wanted him to go out and start preaching, and he told Sister Brown, now, you stay home with your people, and I'll send you what offerings I get, because it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. I don't want you out there suffering, and I don't know what's ahead. Sister Brown, with tears running down her face, looked at him. She said, do you think Jesus would care if I suffered too? Would Jesus care if I suffered alongside of you? I'm not afraid to suffer for Jesus. I don't need the comfort of my parents' home. If you're going to have a hard time of it preaching Christ, I join. I I want to suffer too. Would you be willing to suffer any inconvenience to reach this hell-destined generation that we're planted in the middle of? I think uh, a moving story my brother wrote. My sister did a biography background on her family, and my brother Paul wrote a moving story that my, sister, my, my wife and I she often we read it, and, and we've never got through it without weeping, especially Carolyn, because she loves to reach children for, the, for Christ. Paul tells this story. In the '30s, my dad was working on the Fryant Dam, just right out of Fresno. What lake is there? Millerton Lake is behind that dam. And uh, he was a dynamite monkey. Paul tells me those cuts in the side there were 300 feet high. They put a rope around him, put him over this cliff, and you take uh, a drill, drill these dynamite holes, put your powder in, set the charges, then you go and do another one. And I know I've seen family pictures because in that key, it would get so hot, there was no breeze, that he took... uh, Salt tablets all the time. And so we have pictures of him, salt caked all over his body from just putting the water through his system, so much sweating. During that time, my dad made $36 a week, Paul tells me. Maybe a little bit less than a dollar an hour. But he taught a boy's class. And in that boy's class, he said, I'll give $5 to any boy that memorizes Psalms twenty three. The boys were pretty excited. Now you imagine five dollars it would take my dad five days and about ten hours a day to make five bucks. Cause Paul said he got paid less than a dollar an hour. Okay. But he said you gotta you gotta quote it perfectly. So first week the boy gets up, the other boys are kinda, you know because they don't even try. This boy tries first week. He blows it because he, he stumbled. He does it week after week until finally third or fourth week. Boom. He quoted it exact. All six verses. My father pulled out that five he had tucked away in the wallet and gave it to the boy. And said, son, you did a great job. Wonderful. Now, this is about 1936. Uh, And my folks were living in a squatter hut. They had no shower. They bathed in the San Joaquin River. They were just squatters. They didn't even own the property. They just built a place. Well, time goes on. About 1946, uh, a knock comes at our door in Richmond, California in the uh, war housing projects. And... This knock comes to the door. Paul goes to the door, says he's around 12, right in there. And he goes to the door, and you've got a guy standing there in full uniform. And he says, is there a Mr. Howard here? Paul said, there sure is. And he goes and he gets my dad. My dad comes, not aware who this is. And the man said, "Are, are you Lawrence Howard, Mr. Howard? Did you work in Fryant? Were you were you the man that taught? Yes, yes. I, I, the boy gave his name, they got reacquainted. He said, I just wanted to come by, Mr. Howard, and see you and tell you something. He said, You know, I fought at Normandy. I saw my boyfriends decapitated. Uh, I I laid on a wet beach and had bullets. Going over my head three inches away. All day, all night. Soaking wet. And Mr. Howard, the only thing that comforted my heart when all the bullets were flying. Was what I memorized as a boy in your Sunday school class. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, The $5 bill would have never done anything for the kingdom of God in his wallet. But it made a big difference in a boy on the beaches of Normandy that had nowhere to find comfort, but somebody made an investment. Somebody got out of the bag. Somebody said, I got to die to my small ambitions I've got to die in order to make men live. And the reason we're lousy evangelists and the reason we have minimal impact and we can grow old together as a church and not abound in young Marys, young people, and new converts, ignorant, dumb, and dirty because we stuff the seed in the bag because it's too costly to die to our ambitions. I'm always moved. We used to sing a song, where he leads, I will follow. Where he leads, I will follow. Follow all the way. I'll go with him through the garden. Oh, my. Who went with him through the garden? They went to sleep. Judas forsook him. The disciples fled by the time the soldiers came. And I was trying to sing that song this week, I couldn't get through it. I'll go with you through the garden. I'm doing good to serve you in good times. Can't imagine in the shadows of the cross. I think we're in the end times. I don't think we have long. And Jesus said at the end of this, the time for you to redeem is when the light is with you. And the light was standing before them. And you better come to Christ then. And I want to say to you now, there's light in this room. The gospel's being preached. Christ is being proclaimed. And you've watched God's people worship him. You better come to the light for it's going to get darker in your life. The light's going out. Because someday God's going to call His church and all the light bearing on the earth. He's going to catch it away and there's going to be a dark night of tribulation. And you won't find any gospel preaching churches then. It'll be over. He's going to save a bunch of Jews in Israel. 144,000 of them. And they're going to evangelize the world. But you, you've got light now. And whatever you do with this light, You'll either become a son of light by believing or it's going to get darker. One thing hell is not bothered with and that is light. There will be no light in hell. If you don't choose the light, God will see you will never see light for eternity. When, oh when will you come to Christ or is he not good enough? Your friends look good. That chick you're dating looks good. Sex on the side looks good. Maybe getting high on the weekend looks good. Being popular with your friends looks good. At the judgment of God, God will line up everything you're choosing over Christ, and he will put the cross. And he said, this is what you chose over my best. you judged because you wanted it, not my crucified son. I'll give it to you and them, and I will turn out the lights for eternity. I don't know how much longer you'll have light. I would run to it as soon as I could, for you may not be alive tomorrow.
1: And you're listening to Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we close out our broadcast today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the program encourages you in Christ and how this program is being used by you on a daily basis. Are we just a normal part of your radio listening? Do you tap into our resources available at our website? Have you visited our church? These are things we would love to hear from you. Take a moment, call or write to us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. You're also welcome to visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Take advantage of the resource materials I mentioned a moment ago. We have several. Again, truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also find information about Valley Bible Church right there as well, who we are, what we believe, worship times, services, and directions to the church. We'd love to have you join us, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Again, that's truthfortodayradio.org. If you're writing to us, our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278 hercules california the zip code is 94547 and then as we conclude our time together today we would also invite you to partner with us this radio broadcast and the many resources that accompany it are available as you partner with us as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully no gift is too small no gift is too large and you can do a one-time gift or make monthly pledges No matter, we'd love to have you be a partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the Bay Area and beyond. So contact us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. And you can also donate online at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today.